Hello and welcome to In the Loop, a podcast working in cooperation with Suffolk Votes and Suffolk University's Center for Community Engagement. The views and opinions expressed on In the Loop do not reflect the opinions of Suffolk University, the Center for Community Engagement, or Suffolk Votes. I'm Cam Sweeney. I'm Maddie Dubois. And I'm Andrew Gomes. This week, Senator Warren announces her re-election campaign, a federal judge orders Mike Pence to testify, Israel and India face democratic instability, a Nashville school shooting takes life of six, and more. A recent investigation by the Washington Post found that a right-wing activist group led by Ginny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, received nearly $600,000 in anonymous donations. This is another move in a series of actions made by Ginny Thomas that has raised controversy and concerns over the impartiality of the court. Most notably, in 2020, for example, she privately contacted White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and lawmakers in swing states to urge them to overturn the presidential election, setting aside Joe Biden's victory. While it doesn't appear that any federal laws or regulations were broken, these actions have raised concerns over Justice Thomas's ability to remain impartial on the bench. In state news, Senator Warren, the senior senator for the state of Massachusetts, has announced her re-election campaign for a third term in the United States Senate on Monday morning. The top issues that the senator highlighted in her announcement video were wealth tax, making child care more affordable, improving public transportation, as well as passing stricter rules and regulations on banks in light of the Silicon Valley bank collapse. Warren is expected to easily win re-election. She's in a safe Democratic state, and support for a re-election bid is at around 70% among Democrats. And her favorability was at 83% among Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents. In local news, Philip Eng, the former president of the Long Island Railroad, will be the new general manager of the MBTA. Recently appointed by Governor Healy, Philip Eng has stated that he has one mission for the MBTA, and that is to fix it. Eng comes to Boston with years of experience and a mission to regain the trust and confidence of riders. Under his watch, he had improved the Long Island Railroad's on-time performance steadily after it being at its worst from 2000 to 2018. A federal judge has ordered Mike Pence to testify in special counsel probe into former President Donald Trump's role in the 2021 insurrection. This move rejects Trump's attempt to block Pence's testimony on the grounds of executive privilege. Trump argued that his executive privilege bars some presidential conversations from being made public, which applied to Pence's testimony. Pence argued that the constituents' speech or debate clause shields members of Congress from certain law enforcement actions connected to legislative duties, which in this case applies to himself because he was acting as president of the Senate on January 6th in order to certify President Biden's election. The ruling allows Pence to decline to answer questions related to his actions on January 6th itself, but he will be required to answer some questions about any potential legal activities done by Trump. Currently, it is unknown if Pence or Trump plan to appeal to the ruling. However, Pence has said he would take this fight to the Supreme Court if necessary. In additional local news, Mel King, the former state rep and Boston mayoral candidate, passes away at the age of 94. Mel King, the longtime political activist and former state rep, had made history in 1983 when he became the first person of color to reach a general mayoral election in Boston's history. Mr. King had campaigned as the head of the Rainbow Coalition, quote, seeking to enlist all racial groups under a general banner of progressive politics. Uh, And moving now to international news, uh, our first international story this week is in Israel, with just earlier this week, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu making a statement officially delaying his highly contentious judicial overhaul plans following a series of nationwide protests. Uh, these proposed judicial changes would give his government more control over the Supreme Court and would limit the court's authority over the Knesset, Israel's parliament. 
Many critics of this policy stated that it would remove uh, really crucial checks and balances and allow Prime Minister Netanyahu to block the charges of corruption that uh, have been filed and are being investigated against him. Prior to this postponement, uh, the Israeli Prime Minister also fired Defense Minister Yoav Gallant, who had previously called for a halt to this process. This whole situation has put the United States in a difficult position as the Biden White House has raised concerns over the proposed changes. Um, They still, however, are looking not to worsen relations between the United States and Israel uh, as the two have traditionally been allies. Earlier this week, Honduras formally switched relations from Taiwan to China. In an announcement this past weekend, Honduras abandoned formal diplomatic ties to Taiwan and established them with the People's Republic of China. This is yet another ongoing diplomatic struggle between Washington and Beijing, as the U.S. has sought to curb China's influence in Central America while attempting to prevent Taiwan from becoming diplomatically isolated. The reasons behind this shift may largely be economic, with China and its investors already financing a hydroelectric dam in Honduras with plans to look into rail projects in the country. Now only 12 countries and the Vatican recognize Taiwan, down from 21 countries in early 2017. And while the United States hasn't officially recognized Taiwan since 1979, they have maintained close relations. And our last international story takes us to India, where controversy is rising over the expulsion of opposition leader Rahul Gandhi from the parliament. Last Friday, the Bharatiya Janata Party, India's governing party, effectively expelled Rahul Gandhi from parliament and banned him from running in the next election, leading to a rare moment of unified opposition from more than a dozen leading opposition political parties. These political parties accused Prime Minister Modi of breaking democratic norms in order to silence a top critic of his government. Gandhi, a member of the main opposition party, the Indian National Congress, was convicted of defaming Prime Minister Modi's surname in a 2019 case, which was filed by a politician in the Prime Minister's party. This action, among several others, fuels growing fears and concerns that democracy in India is in further decline. Uh, This is following an erosion of trust in the judiciary, as well as assaults on the press and free speech. Uh, And now to our final story of this episode. Uh, As many of you may have heard, this past Monday there was a school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, It's reported that it has left six individuals deceased, um, consisting of three children and three adults. The shooter, identified as a 28-year-old Audrey Hale, was armed with two assault-style firearms and an additional handgun. She was later shot and killed by the responding police officers. This is reportedly the 130th mass shooting in the United States since the beginning of 2023. And just to sort of put that into a little bit more of perspective, uh, today is the 88th day of 2023. And with that, I'd like to break this more into a conversation. Um, My personal take on this, the government sees it happening. Not much is being done. It's unfortunately not the last mass shooting that we're going to experience this year that we're going to hear about seems like this is just an endless cycle for a lot of people this is sort of a nightmare come into fruition right so yeah i i don't know how many more times that the news or that student-led media is going to have to report on stuff like this but it really seems like the government should be doing more uh, I think there's there's two important things that I want to bring up. And the first is that gun violence is now the leading cause of adolescent deaths in the United States. Um, and I also want to take a moment to talk about um, a fact that many right-wing officials and media outlets are bringing up, which is the fact that the shooter um, 
uh, in Nashville was transgender. Uh, and I, I think before even getting into that, I'm going to read to you the headline of the New York Post today, which is Transgender Killer Targets Christian School. That is the narrative uh, that the New York Post decided to run with this story. Um, and I, I think it's important to point out in response to that that the overwhelming majority of mass shooters are straight white men. Um, and that, you know, it's kind of ridiculous that this is um, even a thought as to where to take this story to um, try and turn this to say that transgender individuals are somehow violent or dangerous to society. Um, and it's just another effort of um, mostly Republicans funded by the NRA to distract people from the issue, and the issue is guns. It's, um, you know, they like to say, you know, people kill people. That's made a lot easier when people can easily buy weapons of war uh, and do that legally. In this case, I believe um, Audrey Hill purchased that firearm legally while undergoing um, treatment for mental illness. That was allowed to legally happen in the U.S. Um, and, uh, you know, gun bans, common sense gun regulations, they are popular. Um, you know, any sort of polling will show that the vast majority of Americans support common sense gun laws, background checks, um, bans on assault weapons which do not belong in the hands of civilians. Um, and I think it, it's frankly disgusting that there's any focus at all of the gender identity of the shooter um, as yet another attempt to take the conversation into a place where it doesn't need to go. This issue is about guns, the access to weapons in the United States, and nothing else. Uh, I think ever since I, I heard about this this week, something that's just been on my mind is that uh, these red states like Tennessee have been, we've seen a lot of legislation from them where they're banning drag shows, they're banning drag queens, they are heavily restricting the presence of transgender individuals um, in those states. And they claim that it's because they're a threat to children. Um, and it's like, well, where's the evidence for that? Where where do we see drag shows and transgender people being threats to children? This is a threat to children. When a nine-year-old is shot with a firearm like that, they're immediately gone. There's no chance for survival because their bodies are so small. And so it's this this is a threat to children we are seeing it every single day we're seeing it we're living through it and it is just going to be another attempt like cam said for them to um uh villainize uh trans people and i think that's really a shame and that we won't really be able to focus on the victims or the real problem in this country which is gun violence and the easy access that anyone can easily get um guns in this country and um it's uh it's it's really really unfortunate and i guess to kind of conclude in a more hopeful note i've pulled up a recent morning consult political poll from just last year reporting that 68 percent of voters back stricter gun laws um and I, I i think that's to say reach out to your elected representatives regardless um, of whether you think it makes a difference or not, it does. Uh, I think this gets to uh, you know a bigger issue of money in politics. We know how much the NRA has been pushing legislators to 
opposed these sort of common sense regulations for decades. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it is the voter who's more powerful if um, people write their representatives, if people can come together um, as we have in the past and push for these changes, the ballot is going to be more powerful than any money that the NRA can continue to fund. Thanks for listening and be sure to visit us at itlpodcast.com for more information and a complete list of where you can listen. Also be sure to follow us at Suffolk Votes on Instagram. Thank you and we hope you tune in next week.